Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2 episode 283 of this daily study podcast. Thank you for joining us as we now return to our Come Follow Me studies uh, that has been covering these last two weeks. We are in September 28th to October the 11th covering 3rd Nephi 17 to 19. Behold my joy is full. And today uh, we're going to move into the section again that's covering how the Saviour taught us how to pray in 3rd Nephi 19 verses 6 to 36 pretty much. Um, well, we're looking at 15 to 36 now. Um, so we recently, obviously uh, you've not, you were not with us a few days ago uh, before we started the roundup of General Conference. Uh, we started to have a look at... Um, well, we were looking at 3rd Nephi 17 to 19, and we had done so for six episodes last week. And we're going to round it off this week with a couple more episodes. So, um, yes, we, uh, we we are looking at, and if you can't remember, because it has been a, a little while and we had had general conference, so we've had lots to study there. Uh, we were just up to the points that the Holy Ghost had been given to this, to this people. And they were encircled about as if by fire, um, and the multitude witnessed it, and angels came and taught them, and so on. So now uh, Jesus uh, appears. And it's interesting, we talked about how when they had prayed for the Holy Ghost, and when they had taught each other from the from the apostles, and they had prayed for the Holy Ghost, that was when Jesus appeared to them. Uh, and we talked about how conference could be like that, how we can listen to the disciples, we can pray about their words, and seek for the Holy Ghost, and Jesus can minister to us. Not necessarily again in person, but we can be taught by the by His Spirit, uh, by the Holy Ghost, to be able to learn and understand from these things. So I just thought it'd be worth reminding us about that. Then He invites the multitude to kneel upon the earth, uh, and He commanded His commanded His disciples that they should pray, and they started praying unto Jesus, calling unto calling Him their Lord and their God. In verse 19, it says, And it came to pass that Jesus departed out of the midst of them and went a little way off from them and bowed himself to the earth and said. Now, first of all, before we go into the prayer, it's interesting that he feels the need to go away from them, to kneel upon the earth and to pray. Um, perhaps, you know, it's because the words he uttered were too sacred or perhaps perhaps he is showing us the model of how we should pray. Um, because obviously someone had to record what was being said and done here. Um, and it's interesting to note that he indeed goes and finds a quiet place to pray rather than praying in the middle of all the people. Uh, here, he may well be showing us, the people reading this record today, how we need to find that quiet place each day to go and pray verbally um, ded- and dedicate that prayer to the Lord. Uh, rather than trying to pray in the presence of others all the time. It is important to find at least one time in the day where we can kneel and just really connect with heaven. Um, and so that's something we learn there. Uh, Robert uh, Robert D. Hales said this, quote, I call upon each of us to seek more and receive more of the Spirit of God. The Spirit prayed that his disciples in the new world would receive that Spirit. Then, as an example to all of us, he departed from his disciples and in prayer thanked his Heavenly Father for bestowing it. Let us follow his spirit example and pray for the Spirit of God, giving thanks for its marvellous blessings in our lives. Close quote. So I think I may have made mention of this, that we see how important the Holy Ghost is uh, when the Saviour thanks the Father for giving the Holy Ghost to the people. And in fact, 
the next three verses is about him praying about the Holy Ghost, giving thanks that he's given it to those that he has chosen. Uh, he prays that he will give it to those that will believe on their words. And he recognizes that he's given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in him. Uh, and so one of the key things we should pray for is for the Holy Ghost. And I've, I'm, I'm certain I spoke about this in the episode last Sunday, I think, um, that we talked about disciples seeking the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know how often I pray for the Holy Ghost to be with me. Especially, I don't know how much I pray for the Holy Ghost to be, to be with me for specific things every day. And so that is something that we can seek to do a little more, I think. Uh, in verse 23, he says, And now, Father, I pray unto thee for them, and also for all those who shall believe on their words, that they may believe in me, that I may be in them, as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one. Um, so we are seeing here the, not a repetition really, but a another example of him praying for unity amongst the people, as there is unity between the Godhead. Obviously, this is an important principle that we need to take into our lives, that we need to recognise that we can seek for is that unity. And we, we heard about unity and being one a lot uh, in the in the general conference that we have just had. Um, it was one of the key messages that I kind of got from it. So as we pray, we should seek for that unity also. Um, Russell, President Russell M. Nelson talked about this and said, quote, we too can pray for unity. We can pray to be of one heart and one mind with the Lord's anointed and with our loved ones. We can pray for mutual understanding and respect between ourselves and our neighbours. If we really care for others, we should pray for them. Pray one for another, taught James, for the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Close quote. That is our prophet speaking to us about the need for unity, about the need to, to build that um, oneness. And... I think that also he's praying for them uh, and others. He, his prayer is totally focused on others and the spiritual development of others. And obviously, you know, he is the saviour of the world, um, you know, but we also see that he asks for things in his prayer, but he asks for things for others. And it makes me think, you know, how often do I pray for things for myself compared to praying for things for others? I would hazard a guess that my my balance probably far outweighs me asking for things for myself or indeed my family perhaps uh, rather than others outside my, my my immediate family uh, and again that's something else that needs to be worked on uh, to have that selflessness of the savior just to pray for others and ask for things we talk about the, the whole formula of prayer of you know thank starting dear heavenly father of thanking for things, of asking for things, and then saying in the name of Jesus Christ. But when we say ask for things, do we think about what we ask for and who we ask for things for, if that makes sense? Um, the Saviour here is completely selfless and prays for, prays for his disciples and those that will believe on their words. In verse 24, uh, it says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had thus prayed unto the Father, he came unto his disciples, and behold, they did still continue without ceasing to pray unto him, and they did multiply not many not to multiply many words, for it was given unto them what they should pray, and they were filled with desire. I mean, what a wonderful situation, what a wonderful state to be in, that you're able to pray, um, to, to know what to say in your prayer. Remember, a prayer is a two-way communication. We read in the Bible dictionary 
um, that it is a two-way communication. But even more than this, it says in the Bible dictionary, as soon as we learn the true relationship in which we stand toward God, namely God is our father and we are his children, then at once prayer becomes natural and instinctive on our part. Many of our so-called difficulties about prayer arise from forgetting this relationship. Prayer is the act by which the will of the father and the will of the child are brought into correspondence with each other. The object of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God is already willing to grant, but that are made conditional on our asking for them. Blessings require some work and all effort on our part before we can obtain them. Prayer is a form of work and is an appointed means for obtaining the highest of all blessings. I think that is, I love that quote. It's one of the few bits in the Bible dictionary that I love, that along with the definition for a temple and how the home can be is can, is the only place on earth that can compare in, in, in sacredness than a te- to a temple. Um, the, pr- the thing about prayer is that when we ask for things, we aren't receiving blessings that weren't you know willing to be given. We are asking for blessings that God was willing to grant and wants to grant, but we just simply need to ask for. Um, and again, also his will isn't changed to ours. In fact, it's the inverse. Our will is meant to be changed to his, which is why we should seek for the Holy Ghost to know what to pray for. Um, once our prayers are being guided by the spirit, then we know that we are in true, that true connection with the father and our will can become more aligned to his. That is how we, we seek for those blessings. Thank you very much today uh, for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please do email session at gmail.com if you're interested in joining a future podcast episode via Zoom or if you want to leave any feedback. And you can join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me if you want to join the discussion on there. It'd be lovely to hear from more individuals. Thank you for your time and until we meet again. <laughs>